Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. This is episode 21. I'm Bradley and once again I'm joined by Stu and I can't think of a pithy intro for him. So how are we doing, Stu? You can always just say, well, he's the greatest. I'll accept that. He's, you know, he's that smooth. We discussed that yeah. pre, pre-recording. You're smooth. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, good descriptor. No, um, <laughs> I, uh, it's been a pretty bad week, really. I think mainly, I was thinking about it before the, the the podcast started, and I think it's because getting to the point now we're having to make decisions based on incomplete facts. So the world's changed and the country's changed, but we don't trust, well, I don't trust the government and its motivations. And so there's some clashes with what my family want and what I want and what the working world is going to ask of me and what I'm willing to give. And all of that stuff, and then, you know, obviously the fear of the virus itself, it's made it a really, really hard week for me, to be honest. Yeah, it's a, a work-wise, especially, I think it's a weird situation because no one holds all the cards, but at the same time, everyone holds all the cards because you've got yeah. any, many companies now can go, well, if you're not willing to come in or do it this way, then you're just not hireable. But at the same time, individuals can go, look, if you don't provide the right conditions, then we're not going to come and work for you in this in this situation. So it's kind of work life now and finding new work is just kind of in this weird limbo state at the moment, which, yeah, just doesn't help things. How about you? How was your week? Yeah, I, I've been, I don't know, it's weird. I've been down, but not completely. I've just had a week where I've just not been productive at all. Uh, everyone has those weeks, so I'm not too fussed about that. But I've been just snapping a bit more than usual and just, yeah, just moved well. Just like, ugh, I just can't be bothered. Um, and again, thankfully, this is why I, I enjoy the stuff we do here um, because it gives me an outlet and something to look forward to. But yeah, just a really weird, just down week that I can't explain. But we'll come on to more of that anyway afterwards um, because some people do come here for the games chat. So we will start with yourself. What have you been playing, Stu? I've mostly been playing things that I talked about last week, unfortunately, for the listening audience. So Halo Halo 5, I've been playing a lot of. I'm right near the end now and really appreciating what it does and what it does well. And there's things about it about the world building that i'm definitely going to come on to later on when we chat about other things in the in the news so the world building is is absolutely fabulous from uh you know my take on it i love being in that world the very environment itself is a pleasant one to interact with which is strange because there's a bit of dissonance against what you're actually doing in that world which is just blowing stuff up constantly but yeah, it's a great it's a great thing to be a part of as a gaming experience from my perspective. And again, like I said last week, completely baffled at how people bounce off it. But you know, individual tastes. So I've, yeah, a bit of that. And I've also been playing uh, the Darius Cosmic Collection for Switch, which is the old shoot 'em ups, horizontal shoot 'em ups that have been repackaged for Nintendo's handheld which is sort of the de facto home for shooting games these days. Yep. So that's that's great for the people who are into that, like me. I've played a lot of them. And I've never, funnily enough, never been a great big fan of Darius. I'll go into the reasons why in the review that I'll do for the site. But as a package, it's 
brilliantly done. It's by M2, who do a lot of retro remasters and conversions. They're, you're always in safe hands when they do it. And it's, a one again, one of those peerless conversions where fans couldn't ask for any more. And there's plenty of gameplay in there. Your mileage may vary based on how you react to the series, but you can't fault it for, for what it does at all. So a, a very solid package and highly recommended to anyone who's even the least bit interested. So what version you got? Because I know they released two versions. There's the, and I can't remember which we gave you, so there's the console version and the arcade version. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking we gave you the arcade version, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's arcade. So it's got three actual games on it. Yeah. So it's got the original, it's got the sequel, and it's got Darius Gaiden, which is a kind of unofficial Darius 3. And funnily enough, they differ from one another in one major way, which is the first game was three screens, the second game was two screens, and Darius Gaiden is, is one screen, which is a bit odd. So it was all a bit of a, it was all a bit experimental um, from Taito when they but were they, making those they games. Could, they could have called it the Darius diminishing returns collection literally <laughs> absolutely yeah no it really is <laughs> uh, but yeah so um it's the arcade roms and they've they've put all the quality of life stuff in there to interact with them you know credits and pausing and all that sort of stuff artwork and you know it just makes it really pleasant to interact with and, and makes you feel like you're getting a real bang for your buck and it's also got the variants on those games so there's like ROM improvements that they did down the line and it's like revision two of Darius and there's Sagaya, which is a rebalanced version. And it unfortunately just points out how unbalanced the games are from yeah. my perspective. They're, they're excruciatingly hard and you can't read them very well. It might just me being, me being utterly crap, but I do suspect they are <laughs> as a series. It's pretty unbalanced, but um, yeah, as I say, if you're into them, you'll love that collection. Can't go wrong. Yeah, well, if they are arcade originals, obviously they're designed to be a bit unbalanced, aren't they, to take more of your your 50Ps? Indeed. And I think they probably realised that even though it looked great when it came out, nobody was playing it because they were, weren't even getting 50Ps worth out of it. So yeah. hence, the, hence the frantic scrabble to rebalance the difficulty. Yeah. So, see, patches yeah. have always been a thing. Just, they have right back to 1987. Yeah, they just need a lot more effort to do it. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one though. Those games. Um, I've got whatever the modern one is that released on um, like the the Xbox and PC and stuff like that. Um, I, I've got that version on Steam and I've barely touched it because unfortunately it was gifted to me um, right before my original PC broke. So I'm, I'm I might <laughs> jump back into that and give that one a go because um, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, that one's Darius Burst, and, yes. and that's, for me, by far the best one of any Darius games that they've made. And I'm a big fan of G-Darius, which came out uh, for the PS1, and I think it's better than that even. So they, it's one of those rare series that gets better and better as the years progress, Fair in enough. my opinion. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, How about you? What have you been playing? So been bouncing on and off a few different indies uh, and things like that so i've been playing a bit of tetris uh 99 um some children of malta which is really good and i might do a bit more in depth on that because i've been getting back into that as well as a few other minor little bits but i've been playing it now listen you might not have heard of this game it's this little indie title i'll, I'll try and explain it. it's called borderlands 2 no never heard of it 
No, and it's a really interesting concept. You know, it's called it's a first person shooter, and it's got really polished graphics for a small indie title. I'm really impressed. You, you know, it looks like it's possibly done by, you know, a 2K or an Epic or something like that. Such is the quality behind it. No, that's wrong because they don't do quality. Um, but no, seriously, oh, I got shots fired. <laughs> I was given um, the Borderlands collection on Switch as an early Father's Day present, and I kind of, I kind of gave the original Borderlands a bit of a go. And boy, is that a, not a very good game it's not aged very well at all um, i just couldn't get going in it so i kind of set off and thought right i'll wait till father's day now and then sort of really i'll try borderlands too and yeah that is still a good game it is not just one of those where you go oh it wasn't bad for its time it is still legitimately a very very good game the pacing early on is really good there's very little downtime and you get into the action really quick and whereas with Borderlands, when I played that, I felt really underpowered all of the time um, in, in the early in the early part of the game, which made it feel like such a slow and unbalanced game. Borderlands Two fixes that, and although everything's a challenge, you feel like you've got a chance. You're not just dying and repeating and dying and repeating in the hope. And Borderlands isn't a isn't a roguelike, so it shouldn't be going for dying and repeating constantly. Uh, but yeah, Borderlands 2, absolutely superb. And I think I've stuck many hours into it over the weekend, just gone. And it's got all the DLC in it. It looks really good on the Switch. Uh, and I know it's a 360 game, um, PS3 um, era game, sorry. So it shouldn't be too much of an issue. But I, I played through Borderlands 2 on the Vita. Um, and I, I gave that a big pass because I, the fact they squeezed it onto a Vita was impressive. But parts I struggled on with the Vita, I'm now realising possibly are down to performance issues because I breezed past them on the Switch version. It runs really smoothly. You've got gyro aiming as an option. It looks nice and sharp, even in handheld mode. And it's just a joy to play. It is, it's, yeah, absolutely wonderful. And I'm glad I've got a chance to go back to it. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. That's all I've really been playing. Um, so it's a, unless you've got anything else, it's a really short gaming section. So moving on, this is going to be kind of linked into my mental health to a degree, but it's something that needs a little bit of discussion. And we'll possibly discuss this more down the line when more information's come out. But there's been a movement um, over the past few days where women have started speaking out about the, the toxicity within the games industry. Now, whilst that isn't you, we're actually starting to see people named, uh, which I think is a very important step. And it is seen women who are speaking out get loads of support, which is really great, but also getting a ton of abuse for speaking out with the usual version of, well, why didn't you say anything at the time? Why didn't you da-da-da-da-da-da without realising that by speaking out, that would be the end of their careers in, uh, in something they'd love doing. And I'm not going to mention names or go through any of it just in case it gets us into any kind of legal trouble. Um, what I wanted to get to was the fact that you're seeing now more and more people be outed for the scumbags that they are seemingly being. And if they are proven to be correct, 
that the allegations, sorry, that the allegations are correct, then I, I'm happy to stand by scumbags, has made me question myself. And not that I've gone, oh, have I actually sexually abused anyone? I, you know, I'm, I'm confident I haven't. Um, you know, don't get me wrong in a nightclub. I might have tried to flirt with someone and misjudged flirting back in my younger days. Um, but I've never grabbed anyone inappropriately or anything like that. So my mental, my, my issues with it aren't around that. What my issues are is I want to be a better human being. I want to be able to say that I was on the right side of this discussion. I, I was able to show that look, I'm a good person and I don't want to say the, the obvious, you know, it's not all men. I want to be the side that goes, look, I, I support you. I, I, I can't apologize for what's happened because I can't appreciate what's happened to you. I don't know what has gone on precisely. I don't know what you're going through. But what I want is I want to be on that side to go, what can we do to be better? What can I do to be better? That because I'm a man, I understand that I am possibly seen as a threat. I'm, you know, whether I like it or not, I'm a man in the games industry. I would understand women having that wariness about me. But what can I do to show that I am not that? I am, I am, people like me, we aren't anyone to be feared. We actually want to support you. And I feel like it's condescending of me then to come out to every single person that has something to say and go, what can I do? What can I do? I feel so sorry for you. That becomes condescending and it loses its impact. Now, on our Twitter, I've been retweeting and liking whatever I've seen because I think the messages do need to get out there. But yeah, it's really affected me. It's made me really question myself. And I've, I've got this feeling of, despite doing nothing wrong, this absolute feeling of guilt because could I have done more? Could I, you know, have I missed stuff? Have I just allowed people who I may know of just to get away get away with things? Have I, have I been supporting them, following them on social media, watching their videos on YouTube and get this sense of guilt? And that's been crushing the last few days. And I don't want it to be, oh, woe is me when everything else is going on. But it's, yeah, it's really having a weird negative effect on my own mental health. Yeah, I've felt guilty for for quite a long time. And <clears throat> I, what, I, what I sort of came to the conclusion uh, about a few years ago was, you know, whether I've actually done anything directly wrong, which I probably have in the past when I was younger, um, and I'm not excusing, you know, it's just, it, it's part of being brought up in a society where people in my position are you know able to get away with so much more than they ought to be and so i have a, a genuine feeling of guilt about being part of a patriarchy being born into a situation where i'm given far too many uh, appreciable benefits than other people and then when i see things you know when things actually come to light of how bad they are for others i think quite rightly feel very bad about my part in that just by cuz just by doing nothing then you're part of the problem and I've been spending years and years trying to reverse that and trying to, trying to stop ha abusing any position of privilege. And I'm happy to be sort of put in a spotlight over stuff like this and questioned and, you know, really have my motivations questioned because I think that's the only way things will ever change. And also to have the thing in my mind of, you know, would I give this position being on the podcast with this platform, would I give that over to somebody who didn't have the 
opportunity. And I'd like to think that I would, you know, I shouldn't just be able to fall into this. I, it should be something that I have to work for. And whilst in on that platform, have the ability to pull other people back up, up onto it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And to be honest with you, as much as mental health gaming is my creation and, you know, getting the podcast started was something I wanted to do. If someone came along and I felt that they deserved the opportunity, or not even deserved the opportunity, but could take the opportunity to, to host just straight up this version or add another version or even replace me for a time, I would do it. Um, I might not want to do it because I enjoy doing this and I, I need it for personal reasons, but I'm willing to make that now sacrifice to make things better in the future. And, I, you know, I'm happy that the balance we're starting to get with the writers we've got on 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 the site, we've got a mixture of men and women, we've got people with various different mental health issues, we've, I think we've got some with disabilities as well. Is is started in the right direction, but we don't have you know anyone yet of uh, of people of color. And I've tried reaching out and not had anything yet, but I know I can do more. I can maybe go more direct to people, and that's something I will definitely try. But yeah, it's it's trying to now do what I can to reverse that guilt, having not done anything wrong, and it's very easy to say. Oh, it was a different time when I was in my my teens and my late teens. It, it was different back then. It was. Uh, but the way the people in the wrong have used that, oh, it was different back then, so it was okay, means you can't even use that as a way to start the conversation. Well, I can go, look, it was a different time back then, but I know I've made mistakes. I know that I shouldn't have spoke to this person this way. I shouldn't have used my position doing this to do that um because the second you say it was different back then you've already lost any foot you have to stand on because you can't because it's been appropriated in such a way that it just doesn't work what we actually want to see is actual equality proper equality that allows women to be in a position of power that allows people of color to be in a position of power along with white people it's what we want to see. And just so not to dwell on this one too much longer, but it's, yeah, it's my own guilt is is there. I feel it crushing me at the moment because it's all coming out at once. And I look at myself and go, I've made so many mistakes in the past. And only way I can forgive myself is to make it better moving forward. Yes, absolutely. I would never want it to become a kind of backslapping exercise of, Oh, look at me. I'm so enlightened. I've solved all of my problems by thinking about other people. Yeah, we, we've just solved sexism, Stu. We've just done it. <laughs> Us two men have solved it. Yes, hooray. No, um, it's, it's more just, it's a thing that will never go away. I will constantly be thinking about it every day of how I can use the position that I was given and, and shouldn't have to elevate other people. Because it, as I said on last week's podcast, when people are equal, when a society is equal, everybody's happier. You want to get to a place where everything that you encounter in society is far much more pleasant because everybody has a basic standard of living that they can just accept and go on with. So 
it, yeah, the struggle is real. I have all the problems. I think people should care about me and worry about me. <laughs> no, that is exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm saying that I've got the privilege to be comfortable and I ought to and will be trying to make things better for others if I possibly can by giving things away, you know, giving things away. But Definitely. And you know, one of the things that I actually found interesting was when I heard a discussion on the return of football and Ian Wright talking about the movement with the names on the back of the shirts and things like that at the moment, all saying Black Lives Matter, taking the knee. And he was asked, is it actually different this time or is it just more lip service? And Ian Wright turned around and said something, no, it feels different this time. It's now being tackled in such a way because it has to be taken notice of. If you now back down and try and go back to the status quo, you're going to be called out for it because people have had enough. The fact that we have, let's call it a secondary Me Too movement because that's what seems to be happening in the games industry. A secondary Me Too movement is happening. The fact that we have Black Lives Matter happening, the fact that all this happening around Pride Month means that everyone is slow, is showing an uprising at once. And you can see those of us, and I'm going to include myself in this, um, even though I come from a poor background, you know, I'm going to include myself in this because I have more privilege than any of those others, is that we do feel uncomfortable. We are worried about, not, not worried, okay, we feel uncomfortable. We are concerned about what's coming, what's actually going to change. We are going into an unknown. Because of the COVID-19 um, epidemic, People have now got the opportunity to make their voices heard. They've got nothing to lose, absolutely nothing to lose at the moment, because if the governments are going as they're showing that all they care about is the economy, then screw it. We've got to do what we can to stop it going back to normal. If the economy does completely crash and we move into a socialist world, then that could well be because of the uprisings we're seeing, that the constant protests, the marches, the, the the speaking out this is all happening and this is why i agree with ian right which is something i never thought i'd say by the way that this does feel different there's been many i think even me too before that yeah harvey weinstein was caught out he, he's you know he's been jailed and everything for it but there seems to be a lot of people getting away with it and sympathy for the abusers it's different now it really does feel different and I honestly think we are witnessing the start of a change and that's why it feels different now. So I think the reason for talking about these things in the latter half of the podcast is almost a kind of advert to say, we are open to you and for your voice to be heard. So if you feel underrepresented or you have something important to say, then you should be a part of this. If we can possibly work you in, we will. We'll give you a platform. Brad has said many times in the past that we're a platform for people to speak. And most importantly, we want to have voices from diff different ethnicities and different sexualities and different viewpoints. That is why we've been talking about what we're talking about and why it's not just an exercise in, as I say, backslapping. It's a really important one of we are hopefully an opportunity for people to step forward and have that platform to speak. So we did discuss The Last of Us for the podcast, but it ran. 
for quite a bit. So if you listen now, we'll give you a couple of snippets from that discussion. I've just not been able to pick it up, but I've been intrigued by everything surrounding it. So how come you've not gone for it yet? I think the primary one is completely apolitical. It's just because I'm cheap and I don't tend to buy things on release. I also don't want to contribute to Naughty Dog because I don't like the working practices. But again, like you, I'm not desperate to get out and play it because I don't really want to support Naughty Dog and their recent practices with Crunch. With the first one, I found the opening of that game to be just an absolute emotional brick to the face. We've got a, a young female lead, gay, and people don't like that. She's a strong woman. That's the worst thing apparently you can ever have in a game. The fact that it can be done at all is fantastic. Yes. Uh, but the first real marketing when they showed it off was Ellie dancing with her partner and then embracing and transphobes and etc their voice was a lot smaller than those who really went for it and liked it and i just went nonplussed about it and that, that's the that's the reaction i i, I like seeing from a lot of people is was the general reaction of yeah and and the big thing that's like the big switcheroo and why a certain section are up in arms is this well you're in the shoes of this woman now you're a woman not a man you're not joel you are a woman who's not being sexualized which you used to and you are now gay and this person has literally nothing to do with the establishment you know with the patriarchy and where the last of us told us that you are not joel you are not playing the character. The character is the character. You're along for the ride. And if you want to hear more of that, then that will be in the playlist as a bonus cast. And you can listen to our Last of Us discussion there. So thank you for listening. This is going to be probably more, more awkward outro because we've touched on some quite important subject matter. Um, so I'm not going to go as piffy. As Stu mentioned, um, we are there as a platform for you if you need, if you want somewhere to speak out. But also, if you need someone just to speak to, again, we are not experts. We are we are people from all walks of life. We have our own personal issues, and we are all just there for each other. Join us on our Discord. Even if you just want to chat games, we are there for you. That's been our discussion. And if you've got anything you want to say, then obviously you can also reach us on our Twitter and you'll see links for Facebook and Instagram below if you want to reach us on any of those. And I will also pop my email address into the description for this podcast. So if you do want to discuss anything with me, opportunities to, to join us or, or anything at all, even to call me out on anything that's been said in this podcast then that's there for you as well because that's one thing we want to do is expand and create discussion but anyway thank you for listening and until next week stay safe